0: Hey guys, I'm Whitney. And I'm Kylie. Welcome to the Midwest Farm Wives podcast, where we'll be sharing all things motherhood, farming, faith, and rural living, and so, so much more.
1: Grab your favorite beverage of choice and come hang out with your two farm wife besties. We are so happy you are here with us. Today's episode of the Midwest Farm Wives podcast is brought to you by Grasshopper. With grasshopper mowers, nothing gets in the way.
2: It doesn't matter whether you're on the backfield or the front yard. On mow day, perfection is a game of inches. It's a battle of fence line and fierce terrain. Out there on that grasshopper mower, you don't let anything stop your stripes. Nothing stands in the way of a job well done For more on mow day and grasshopper mowers, visit grasshoppermower.com.
0: Oh, hello. Welcome back to the Midwest Farm Wives podcast, episode 60, the one where we shift perspective. Hi.
1: Hi.
0: Maybe I'll be louder this time. We've been messing with my mic for the last 10 minutes and we're still unclear whether it's working properly. Yeah, we
1: had, I had people message me last time. We apologize for that, but we were already too deep and we were not going to record it again. So hopefully we're right again.
0: Yeah. I agree. We'll, we're doing our best here. So
1: yeah. How you been? We have a
0: guest today. I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm good. It's springtime.
0: It's not here yet. It's freezing cold. It rained the last two days. I think over the last two weeks, we've had like three or four inches of rain. We are incredibly wet. That seems like very old news to you guys at this point.
1: It's okay. We've been wet too, which is good. Hopefully it continues.
0: Jordan talks about Bart often, obviously. Um, But he said, it's just so crazy how it dries up so fast out there.
1: Oh yeah. Like yesterday I had to go, where did I go? I don't, I took one of our hard guys pickups and I got out, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, the ground is already cracked again." Like, yeah. I mean, like we just got 300ths like four days ago. Another ground's already cracked again. Okay, but
0: let's be real, 300ths—that's three tenths to the rest of the United States to actually gets rain. And so, three tenths of rain will dry up really fast here too. We just don't seem to get rains in those type of increments. Here, we get like five tenths—an inch. An inch and a quarter, which I know you would give anything for. So I'm Jordan, not complaining. Jordan commented, regard,
1: but, but. he commented one time, "Your rain gauge, that is not an inch. <laughs> like it is to us. If we ever get that much,
0: it's crazy. It is.
1: So we do have a guest today. Super fun. We haven't interviewed Yay. in a while. I know. I'm excited. Yeah. So she, she's a mama of four who went through some crazy stuff during the pandemic, like in the heat of the pandemic.
0: Yeah. I think we should definitely leave her story to be told by her. Cause I'm, I'm just so excited to dig into that. I know you interviewed her. Um, but I think we can touch on you and I, was there a time in your life when your perspective shifted where you realized whatever you were worrying about today or yesterday is not near as relative or important as you once thought it was.
1: Oh yes, for sure. So I'm going to use two examples. One example was Rowdy's accident, which if you've followed us for long, there is an episode about that. We talk about that. So I go back to that all the time. Like if I'm having a bad mom moment or struggling, what do you want to say?
0: I want to say highlight that, like tell like very high level notes. Tell what happened.
1: Okay. Rowdy was too. We were at my mom's house. They have like an open railing stair system. He was running and tripped and like through the tiniest of cracks fell through the stair, like the stair railing into their basement, eight feet landed on his head. Like I watched the whole thing. I was trying to grab him as he fell. And then like, I jumped over the stairs, eight feet was right there with him. So he hit his head. Like It makes my stomach. I know I'm going to start crying. Probably hit his head. Um, we went to the small hospital where my parents live. There was a small brain bleed that they saw. Well, first they told me it was fine. Then they sent his scans to a bigger hospital. They said that he had a small brain bleed and swelling. And so they were going to fly us to a bigger hospital long story short he is fine it was it was not as big a deal as we thought but they had told me I said shoot me straight like what am I where am I flying to and what should I look out for and they basically told me he could die and so I relate this back to that was a huge tragedy to me and it made me just appreciate the little things in life a lot more like him being with us like the other day I don't remember what he did it was funny he's like starting to talk really well and I just told Bart can you imagine if we didn't have him in our lives? Like remember a 2 July yeah. ago we could have lost him.
0: So crazy, so devastating.
1: But but I hate that tragedy makes you think that way. You know what I mean? Or like something big makes you think that yeah. way. So I still have moments where obviously I struggle as a mom. Obviously I lose my crap on my kids. All these things and I have to stop and be like, "Whitney, you're blessed. Slow your roll." And so that's when I shift my perspective. I'm like, "Hey, you have beautiful kids that are healthy, you're healthy. There's a lot that could be happening that's worse. And so that's how I shift my perspective. Some people don't like like quote unquote toxic positivity, but that's how I get through life. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my one example. What was your, what was your second example? I have a second. So my other example was, and Kylie knows all this because obviously we're best friends and we talk about everything. Busties. Yeah. So we, we had rented a storage building in town because we didn't have any storage for equipment. Well, long story short stuff happened. There was arguments made. We, we ended up not being able to rent that anymore. It was hard. It was like stressful, but then Bart's aunts actually came to us that Thanksgiving, like six months later and they're like, Hey, we're interested in selling. We call it Paul's Paul's. Do you have any interest? And we're like, Oh my gosh. Yes. And so we jumped on that, we bought this ground and we put up our own storage building and it's bigger and it's ours and it's on ground that like one of our kids can maybe build a house someday. And so Bart and I both like, we just thought in that moment that, holy crap, this is terrible. You know, like some stuff we just really liked to have inside and we had nowhere for it. And so we both look back and we're like, that was God's way of telling us you need out of this situation because I have something bigger for you. And so I always relate it always,
0: it always happens that way, That it feels so dark and deep and heavy in the moment. And, and it is a lot of times, but it ends up hindsight being what was meant to be. And so we need to rely on that. God is taking us on this path that we don't know, or we don't understand, or, um,
1: we don't understand it or or we don't make it or we don't know why change is scary. Right. Always is.
0: Oh, change is so scary. So I would say my examples. Uh, we've been really fortunate. Our kids have been healthy. We've been healthy, and we always feel grateful for that. Especially as we watch people around us struggle or go right. through health issues, we're very fortunate to have our health. Um, and so I'm always grateful for that. But we had our cell unit fire again. If you guys have been here long, you know that. In 2014, I came back to the farm to do the bookwork for our new sow unit. We were, I was a partner in building that and the livestock, and that was kind of the reason I entered back into agriculture. And in 2018, it burnt to the ground completely. We lost about 18,000 hogs, not to mention 30 people were unemployed. Our entire viewing that we built was, you know, now on the ground. It was just very, very devastating. And there's so many lessons to be learned from that. Um, But I remember feeling like, what now do we rebuild? These decisions were so big ahead of us. The fire was devastating enough in itself, but then we had to like make adult decisions after that. I definitely felt underqualified to make those big life decisions at that point.
1: Just coming back to the farm. But hindsight...
0: Right. Right. I mean, I'd been back for two or three years, but we had young children. It felt like everything was over. We worked for this. Now it's over. And that's just not the case. And we go through that every single year in planting here. And you do it too, in a different way. Your guys face severe drought in Missouri. We face too wet or too dry, or maybe we have a great crop. It's really the roll of the dice. And we have, we rely on the Lord and we pray for regular rains and um, this last five years, we've just been incredibly wet. And so, um, we're starting out that way again, but we know we have to have that faith that there's good things coming or that we are be equipped to handle the hard stuff Right. and agriculture does that for you. So we had the fire that was horrible. I mean, it was just really horrible. I'm very much skimming the top of it. It was not good. We were so fortunate. No one was in that barn that had that, you know, no individuals died, obviously very devastated for our animals, our our property, everything, our employees. But two months later, one of our employees on the farm wrecked a semi and was life flighted. And it was very near death. Like By the grace of God, he did not lose his life. And so that tragic event put the other tragic event into perspective. Seriously. Which then led us put it, then, you know, looking on the backside of it that day that he wrecked, we were going into a drought and it rained an inch and a half. And it was just this whole accumulation of events that at the time we could even see like, this is scary. This is big change. We don't know what's going on, but let's look at the positives. And it was so hard, but that rain, it was almost like a sign from God saying, everything's going to end up working out or it's going to be okay. Just hang with me here.
1: (laughs) Right.
0: I don't know. It was just one thing after the other, that year was really hard. And we've obviously had issues since then in agriculture, we just do COVID, um, you name it. We've all been through these big major life changes. And I think our guest today is really going to put some of the issues that we even Whitney and I are going through right now into perspective.
1: Right. And, and so when I talked to her, which we interviewed before, before we did this, but because we're slackers. Yeah, that's okay though. We got it done we just talked about how you shouldn't diminish what your, your current struggles are based off of past or off of other people's struggles because they're still very real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So your hard may look different than somebody else's hard, but it's still a time that you are struggling through and where you're going to have to truly stop and shift your perspective into how you're going to get through this. So after all that, you know, Bart and I in the beginning, we were talking the other day. In our twenties, we were so stressed. I mean, not that we're not stressed now, but it was a different kind of stress. Right and now, we face it as it is what it is. And there's a quote by Hagrid off Harry Potter, which I love. If you know Harry, oh, Potter.
0: we love Harry Potter.
1: Yeah, he says, "What's coming will come, and we'll face it when it does." And it's like that's how we look at things now yeah, we were in a drought last year, but I remember talking to you and you're always like Whitney, but remember last year and then your yields ended up being okay. Right. So it's like, you always, you always face these things with the biggest fears, but then God, just some, sometimes, and most times changes things. And usually they end up for the better, or you learn a lesson or you grow or that's an always like you you always,
0: right. You always end up for the better or grow or, or do a a, cumulative, a culmination of everything. Um, we could go branch off in so many ways, but it's just the exact same. The bad is really bad. And we often forget the good. And so when you're in that drought and you're, everybody's grumpy, and it's very hard to pull yourself out of that mentality. Same for me when it's excessively wet spring, and I'm sitting here thinking, are we ever going to get this crop planted? Um, everybody's stressed out and every, all emotions are on high. It's hard to remember, well, we just did this last year and it all right. ended up working out in its own way.
1: Or is us freaking out going to change anything? No, No. we can control mm. our mind, but we cannot control the weather or
0: plan changing
1: or any of these things.
0: If you're, if you're like me last year, the entire year, you can't control your mind and it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. And so that was another pivotal moment for me too. like, mm-hmm. look, hindsight, I wish I would ask for help so much sooner. Cause I do feel like I missed out on a lot of things,
1: but that, like you said, that it I, was something the way
0: that, that I people. wanted to experience it. Right. It wasn't that I missed out. I was there. It just That's wasn't fully. there. And I wasn't in, I wasn't how I wanted to be. I wasn't the best version of me. And so, you know, hindsight's 2020, 20, if I could have done it again, I would have asked for help sooner. But now that I have looking back, I realized, you know, I was bigger and greater and better than what I was last year. And so now I get to like shift my perspective and say like, I know okay. what I did wrong last year. I know what was wrong, not wrong. the wrong word, cause I didn't do anything wrong. It was just this like chemical. I mean, I just, I, I fully believe that my hormones were playing a big role in, in everything, but
1: how so can I be better it, this
0: year? Yeah. Grew from it. Yep. Better mom. I feel like that segues us. Like we should just turn it over to the interview.
1: Yep. I'm ready for it. All right. Thanks for listening today. We appreciate you all very much.
0: Yeah. We can't wait to hear feedback from this episode. I think it's going to be very powerful for so many.
1: Before we head to our interview, we are having a short clip from our sponsor. So please enjoy.
2: It doesn't matter whether you're on the backfield or the front yard. On mow day, perfection is a game of inches. It's a battle of fence line and fierce terrain. Out there on that grasshopper mower, you don't let anything stop your stripes. Nothing stands in the way of a job well done. For more on mow day and grasshopper mowers, visit grasshoppermower.com.
1: Okay, hello. I am here with Michaela Gasling and if you don't know who that is, she is on Instagram as Cowgirl Boots and Running Shoes. And so we're super excited to have her on our podcast today. How
3: are you? I'm good. Good morning.
1: Good. Yes. I know it's cold morning here and you said there's snow there. So we're just equals in the Midwest. Yes. Okay, so tell us a little bit of about you, what you do and then also just lead that into your story so we can get to know you better.
3: Sure. Okay. Well, I am a mother of four. We have a 10 year old, a seven year old, a four year old, and almost an 18 month old who you'll hear me still call her the baby because she'll always be my baby, you know, Yep. but my husband and I uh, live in Western Nebraska on his family's farm and ranch. And we moved here from the city about eight years ago um, to start hopefully kind of taking over some of the farming and ranching, and he still has a full-time job in town. And uh, I worked part-time even after we moved here as an ultrasound technologist. That's what my career is or was. Um, I still have my license, but um, then about four years ago, I decided to stay home full-time after right after we had our third baby. So I've been just farm wifing it and momming it and doing all the things, you know, um, yeah, we from- never
1: know what we're going to do each day.
3: <laughs> exactly. Every day is different. Yep. It's good. Um, so, yeah, I was staying home and we were surprisingly pregnant with our fourth baby in 2020 and um, just kind of had a rough pregnancy that got rougher towards the end about the last 12 weeks. I started having progressively worse headaches, um, that we just kind of chalked up to pregnancy and all the things. And towards the end, I also realized that I had lost the hearing in my left ear, but again, it was around like corn pollination time. And I just chalked it up to being congested. And, you know, when you're pregnant, you just, all the focus is on the baby and you just can write off pretty much anything as a pregnancy symptom, right? Um, same way with, I started, uh, we went hiking towards the end of my pregnancy and I was really unsteady and off balance, like to the point of almost falling several times. And again, just chalked it up to pregnancy, even though I was like, you know, I, I work out through my entire pregnancies. This is really abnormal, but I'm sure, you know, I'm just older. It's my fourth pregnancy, whatever. Right. So we had our baby girl in October and everything went well. She's beautiful and healthy. And even before we went home from the hospital, I still just, my head was, my headache was horrible, horrible. And we still just kept saying, you know, all the hormones have to leave my body.
1: Yep. Just
3: give it some more time,
1: which is normal. I remember that
3: headache after delivery
1: because
3: your body's
1: just flushing all that out. So I mean, yeah, I understand how you,
3: yeah. And then by like day four, after I had literally, we came home from the hospital and by on a Thursday and by Saturday, I had laid in bed, like moaning for three days because I was just overcome with pain. And Matt would bring me the baby when she needed to nurse. And other than that, he was like on his own with our four kids, God bless him. And so by Saturday evening, after talking to um, my midwife and one of my really good friends who is a flight nurse, they both said like, it's time to go to the ER. Like you can't wait for a neuro consult. Like you just, you need to go. So our you know, we live in the Midwest, so our nearest emergency room is an hour away. He took me there on a Saturday evening and had an MRI um, where I was in so much pain that they had to sedate me because, you, you know, you have to lay really still. Had an MRI that showed that I had a large brain tumor and severe swelling in my brain and that I needed emergent brain surgery. So um, they, of course that's too big of a surgery. Well, Sc- Scottsbluff bluff does have um, a really great neurosurgeon team, but just because of the emergency situation and how bad the swelling was and how big the tumor was, they decided I needed to go to Swedish hospital in Denver, which is like the best neuro hospital in the Midwest. So they were going to fly me there, but that night it was like sleeting It was October kind of raining. And so there were no helicopters flying. Um, But Matt had called my best friend after finding out the news and she drove down and she happens to be a flight nurse, like I said. And so um, they rounded up an ambulance from Torrington, which is in Wyoming, like half an hour from Scott's Bluff because they couldn't even find any ambulance crews that night. So they had an ambulance, but because of the medication that I needed on the way there, A registered nurse needed to be with me and my friend just happened to be there and kind of got volunteered to go. And so the, yeah, the ER physician, um, said, you know, go clock in, you're going to ride to Denver with her. And so she, we got to Denver and, um, luckily they had talked about doing, Um, the procedure where they put a drain like into my skull to drain out the fluid before I could have surgery, but they tried steroids and some other medication to get the swelling down um, for a couple of days. And then I had surgery on that Tuesday.
1: So what is going through your head when you're in this? (sighs) That's all I have to know is like, holy Um, crap, you're a new mom. Again, you have this baby at home and then you find this out when you just think you have hormone headaches.
3: Yeah. Um, I, it all happened, all of it so fast that I think, I mean, that was kind of a blessing. Um, I didn't have much time in the moment to process things, but, and I was, especially on the ambulance ride, I was still pretty like sedated and drugged up, but I do remember and Mickey, she's my friend that rode with us. Um, she tells it much funnier than me, but we were like halfway to Denver. It's like a five hour ride. And she said, I was like halfway sat up on the stretcher and went, ah, how's my baby going to get milk? Like, it just <laughs> dawned on me that like, oh my gosh, I just left my children and my newborn baby. And I had right. in those few days, I had pumped a little bit of milk, but you know, who knows how long I was going to be in the hospital and away from her and all this stuff. And That's serious
1: mom intuition. Like you're
3: not even thinking of yourself. You're just thinking of the things at home. Yes. But also God bless Mickey, because she said, lay back down. I already got it. Like she had already called several friends, like new mom friends to donate breast milk. And she was like on top of it. So So. if your
1: friend wouldn't have been available, would you have had to wait longer?
3: (sighs) Probably. I, I think that they would have just tried to keep me stable at in scott's bluff overnight until the weather was okay for a helicopter to fly i well, think thank
1: goodness she was able to do that to yeah. get you there asap
3: yes yep so that was a good friend yep a god thing a guardian angel
1: okay so you get to swedish then what happens
3: um so i spend like the rest of sunday and monday having um just being on medication to see if the swelling will go down and having more like mris and cts and they're they're planning um surgery So they wanted to, my tumor was almost six centimeters. So like, you know, baseball size, um, and very vascular, lots of blood vessels to it. So they made a plan with the, um, interventional radiology team to, before my surgery, do a procedure where they go in through my groin and up to clear up into my brain to try to embolize the blood vessels in the tumor to make surgery safer so that it wouldn't bleed so much when they're trying to remove the tumor.
1: Right.
3: And so coordinating that big procedure with a surgery that they thought was going to take from 12 to 16 hours, um, that took a lot of amazing planning. I, I will sing the praises of Swedish hospital forever. Um, how
1: about technology being able to do (laughs) that to where they can get that? That's yes.
3: Yes. And so it ended up where I had that procedure, on Tuesday just immediately before my surgery so that I wouldn't have to be like intubated and sedated twice they could just do that and then take me right to surgery and so i had two surgeons two brain surgeons two brain tumor specialists who also are just the most amazing humans i've ever met like talk about talent um yeah they told us 12 to 16 hours and so they did my embolization and then took me to surgery. And this was all at like, I don't know, five o'clock at night. By the time they did this, this started the surgery part, six o'clock, something like that. And I think at 11 or 12, so four hours later uh, my husband's phone rang and of course he, it scares him. Like he thinks that something's wrong. And they said, she's done. It went great. We're all done. So a, Twelve-hour surgery took four hours, and
1: it's amazing.
3: They removed the entire tumor, and then they wanted to. Uh, the tumor was in the back of my brain, uh, in an area that deals a lot with your balance, but also like swallowing and breathing and all those kind of important things. So they, the surgeons, wanted me to be still intubated, like have the breathing tube down my neck or down my throat, for about the next day after surgery, just to make sure that I would be able to, you know, breathe on my own and do all of those things. Um, but apparently at about three or 4 AM, I was fighting the breathing tube and, you know, they have you strapped down to the bed so that you don't try to pull Pull the tube out. out. And Matt said, he went into the bathroom to brush his teeth. And he looked in the mirror and saw me like almost like sitting up in the bed, trying to pull out the tube. And so, He said, I was very angry and very feisty. And so he called for the nurse and they came in and did all the tests to make sure that I would be able to breathe on my own. And they extubated me, which was horrible and, (laughs) but necessary. Right. And yeah, like a couple of hours later, they said, well, let's get up and see what you can do. And it was scary because we weren't sure, you know, the whole balance thing. They had a walker there for me. They didn't know if I would have a lot of like one-sided weakness for a while. Um, and I just, I got up and of course with, you know, a nurse right there, but got up and watched to the bathroom and back and didn't have any problems. So just seriously, lots of miracles. Yep.
1: So So. then before you went into surgery, like what is you and your husband's conversation? Cause I feel like I'd be crap in my pants. (laughs)
3: Um, well, I think that everyone was, except me. I just had this amazing sense of peace the entire time that anyone who knows me, like it's hard for them to believe that because I'm a very anxious person. Really? And- you are in
1: like normally, and then you weren't for yes. that. That's crazy.
3: No, I was just super chill. I did like, I did write all my kids and Matt, some short letters and I made each kid a video on my phone you know like I was realistic even though I right. I I wasn't thinking of bad outcomes like my surgeons were just awesome and I was like all right let's just go do this so we can move on with life like I you know yeah when you're in the moment it's I don't know it's much But yes do you think it was I, a
1: god thing like he just was like look
3: I'm here this it, is going to happen Yeah it absolutely was a god thing like they talk about the peace God's peace that pr- surpasses all understanding never in my life have I felt that but right in those couple of days waiting in the hospital I just we were calm and we we did have a priest come uh right before surgery and he did like an anointing of the sick ceremony with me and prayed with us and I know that that was a big part of like I just that felt, was
1: peaceful yeah. right so uh, Um, I don't know if you know this, but our listeners do that. Rowdy had an accident and he fell and hit his head. He had swelling. We thought there was a bleed, whatever. Well, I was, I am an anxious person, and so I was anxious. I was freaking out, but my like anxiety was channeling through him. I could see it, and I was scared for him to cry and scream because they said that could make his swelling worse. And so I went to the chapel in the hospital, and I'm like, "Look, I need you." to take over whatever I've got going on. And my friend, Jen Stutzman, she always says, meet God in the middle. And mm-hmm. I swear to you, I went in there and he just gave me the strength. I came back out. I never cried again. And it's a crazy, like, it. Ha- yeah. I think it has to be something like this, which is terrible that, that you have to have tragedy to feel these things, you know, mm-hmm. but I've never felt such a peace in my life either until I like gave it up to him. Because yeah. otherwise I don't know how I would have been on that plane ride or anything like that.
3: Yep. It's crazy. and it's it took me like weeks afterwards and like more and more friends or my husband I mean he told me right away but like my best friend was like yeah I just like bawled all day that day or you know my mom you know being the mom right. in the situation she was like the phone would ring and ring and ring and I just couldn't even answer it because I just cried all day and I'm like oh like I was calm Isn't that <laughs>
1: crazy that's so amazing though that that you were able to do that. So now yeah. forward to today, everything's still good.
3: No yes. issues. Nope. No issues. So the best, we didn't know how much physical therapy or occupational therapy I would need or how long I would be in the hospital. And after that surgery, I walked out of the hospital three days later on my own two feet. So didn't even need anything, Nope. Even 18 months later, any
1: inclination, how long it had been growing before you found out
3: Mm -hmm. they think probably because of the size of it, it's a slow growing tumor. Um, probably five to six years is what my surgeon said. Yeah. So
1: it's,
3: it's kind of crazy to, I find myself when I see pictures or something. So that was probably like around the time that my son, our second child was born. So I find myself looking at pictures, thinking, Wow, I probably had a brain tumor in that picture. Like, no kidding. You just didn't know it until it got so big that my brain couldn't compensate anymore. Do they
1: think that your pregnancy made it go faster? You know, like, I don't know the Mm -hmm. word to say, but like, made it grow quickly.
3: Yep. It was a benign meningioma. So, thankfully, not cancerous, but it is a tumor that it's more common in women. And they do think that hormones can speed like speed up the growth so when you think about your
1: little girl was just a blessing in disguise in so many ways huh she was absolutely wow so then how do you think so here's some questions I have so how do you think going through that and overcoming that huge hurdle has changed your life
3: oh that's a loaded question so many ways uh like you said it's it kind of sucks sometimes that it takes something bad happening to make us really realize how blessed we are and just how much we have to be grateful for. But it really I'm not saying I'm perfect now or, you know, a right, a great mother now or anything, but I've just it really put things into perspective for me. Like I there's not a day or a moment that goes by. Um even when a child is having a 20 minute tantrum on the floor. Like like I get to be here and I get to raise them. Like there was a real possibility that I, these four kids would be motherless. And right. So, yeah, I just,
1: yeah, it's amazing. That is truly amazing. And I think it's important to say like your struggles are still important, no matter how small they are. Like yours was mm-hmm. a brain tumor. Somebody else's might be depression or anxiety struggles or postpartum de- depression like I can't believe you went mm-hmm. through all that with a like two week old baby <laughs> <laughs> well God. people
3: yeah people have to know now though that I mean I flew through that and you know just didn't have time to think about it or process it and then a few months later it it did all hit me like it did mm-hmm, I cried all the time like b- crying because I was grateful but also just crying because I just had all these feelings, you know, like right. the guilt and the, why didn't I, you know, why wasn't this diagnosed sooner and just all the things. Um, and so I did, I saw a therapist for quite a while to help me go through all of these feelings and
1: right. There's a lot to process there. Yeah, there was so, yeah, for real. So wh- what advice or quote or anything would you like listeners to get from your story?
3: I think, I mean, there's several lessons. There's so many lessons, but I hope that people just step-by-step can see how much that was God every step of the way, you know, from having my guardian angel there to take me to the hospital and the two surgeons that I know he handpicked for me, um, the hospital, just all of the people praying for me, that even when you just feel like you're going through the absolute worst thing in your life, the hardest thing, God really is right there with you. Even if you, even if you don't feel him or, you know, even if you don't think so, he is working all these things for you and good will come of it. And maybe we, I mean, I got to understand and see all the blessings and understand why all of this happened. Um, I know that a lot of times people, you know, grief and death and loss, sometimes we, we won't understand it until we get to heaven, but I just learned that no matter what God is with us all the time and you don't have to walk through anything alone. Yeah. Um,
1: so I've always heard that, or I've heard from a few people that, God doesn't always answer your prayers, but he hears them. And sometimes down the road, your prayer gets answered in a different direction than what you thought it was going. So it's always mm-hmm. like, God has a farther vision than what your eyes. Exactly. Can see. And yeah. so yours is like a thing. Maybe you weren't blessed with something in your twenties, but Hey, look what God did for you. And you're, are you 30?
3: 30? Yes.
1: 38, 38. Okay, you Thank later. you. Thirty-five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, it is. It's a huge, it's awesome. It's amazing. God's cool.
3: Yeah. And it's, it's easy to look back now and see all of the ways, like the things that I went through, like I had COVID in my early pregnancy and it was like, I think I almost died then worse than I almost died going through brain surgery. Like well, yeah, not so make... oh,
1: 2020, you were just in the beginning of COVID oh, yeah. pregnant. Yeah.
3: It was 2020 oh, was yeah. A year, but, Yeah. But I mean, I look back on all the things through pregnancy that were hard and I could just see like, God was preparing me for this bigger thing that I was going to need a strong faith for. And so So I
1: always tell this story that, and it has nothing to do with anything tragic or big like that, but it still is a, is something that like happened to us. That was a God thing. So we, we had the opportunity to rent some ground for several years and we did it that was like our first ground we rented. Well, it came up for sale and the guy sold it to his brother. We didn't even have option because it, there was so many family. So we saw it as like, oh my gosh, we're losing everything. Like this is a huge deal. And so then, you know, we, we gave it to God. We're like, it is what it is. If, if we are not meant to farm that ground, we're not meant to farm that ground. Well, then a couple months later, we got the opportunity to farm a different Guys, land. And it was like, okay, God was preparing us in a way thinking that, that it was over, so to speak with quotations. Mm-hmm. And really he was showing us that we need to gain the strength and confidence to do something different. I want to say, mm-hmm. cause we, you know, we yeah. weren't sure like, Hey, we, yeah, we want to farm forever. Right. So does everyone else. They want to ranch forever, <laughs> but sometimes that isn't always in the cards. And so what we, th- what we thought was huge tragedy or, you know, yeah. A pivoting point ended up being a blessing because it, the people we farm for now is, are, they're really amazing. And so it's something as small as that. It doesn't always have to be tragedy or, mm-hmm. you know, life-changing to, to feel God's presence and to know that sometimes he already has our path. Well, he always has our path before we even know what's happening.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So you were on Instagram, Rowdy took my phone. Are yes. you on any other Can- platforms?
3: Uh, you know, I used to have a Facebook page. I mean, it's still out there, but I don't use it be- anymore. Um, so yeah, just mainly Instagram cowgirl boots and running shoes. And then I do have a blog cowgirl and that I also have not used much lately. Um, you know, blogging's hard. <laughs> you- yeah, after, you know, after October of 2020, I kind of decided like, instead of doing a hundred things, I really just need to focus on a few things for a while. Yeah. That's, awesome. that's
1: something that probably more people need to hear than what you ever, you know, I was the same way when I finally started doing Instagram and sharing our story. I'm like, okay, I need a blog. I need a t-shirt mm-hmm. shop. I need this. I need it. And it was like last year. I'm like, I can't do all of this. Yeah. I am not meant to do all these things and still run a farm with my husband, raise these kids. And after Rowdy's thing, it made me realize, wow, life is super short. Yes. And, and and a blog doesn't mean anything to me compared to sitting in the other room and watching cartoons with my kid.
3: Yep, And just like farming, there are seasons of life. And I tell myself when all of these kids are older, if I still want to write like crazy or do other things, then I'll, I can focus there in a different season of life. But right now my main job is raising my kids and trying to be a godly parent and just and what
1: a blessing that is, isn't it? Exactly. So, well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know it's going to touch so many lives and open some people's eyes. So I really appreciate you being here with us.
3: It was fun. Thank you.
1: Okay. That was a great interview. Um, if that didn't bring some tears to your eyes and maybe open up your eyes as to what you're blessed with that God gives us, um, I think you might need to re-listen. So thank you, Michaela, for taking the time out to share your story. Um, it's It's empowering and it's impactful and we thank you. So we always end it with a quote. So today it is, "'You might not realize this, "'but you choose how you want to feel. "'You choose to be sad, happy, excited, up or down. "'When people don't understand this, they become reactors. Reactors tie their inner emotions to things, people, situations, and circumstances. They wait until this happens to be happy. They can't be excited unless something like that happens. Have you noticed that when you're just happy for no reason, people ask, what are you doing to be so happy? Remember this. Appreciate all of you listening today. You can follow us on Instagram at FarmWifeGuru and at underscore
0: Be sure to follow or subscribe to the Midwest FarmWives podcast on your favorite
1: podcast streaming app. We'll see you next time, and remember every day may not be good, but there is some good in each day. Stay grateful, friends.